Hello everyone and welcome in to DC Talks Rocks. I'm Drew Creaseman and on this episode we continue our early look sort of position by position at free agency and how the Colorado Rockies should be approaching the upcoming offseason. And as I said yesterday, we are going to continue with the battery. Took a look at pitchers, make sure you find that one if you missed that episode. Uh, yesterday, starting pitching not too much, relief pitching quite a bit. And now we look at the catchers, and really this is going to be a pretty close examination of what the Rockies have right now, because as I get into the free agents, and we will talk about several of them, I think this is the baseline we've got to take a look at here, right? Should the Colorado Rockies be looking for improvement on the free agent market at the catcher position, and what would that really look like? Well, they've got to be able to better, first of all, what they have, right? So as all of you most assuredly no, but it's still worth reviewing. They've got Elias Diaz and Dom Nunez as their current tandem behind the dish. It's sort of a collection of interesting, but not super exciting prospects or, or younger guys like Willie McIver and Chris Robago, people like that behind them, right? But there isn't that sort of veteran the way they'd had Ryan Hannigan or Drew Butera there for years. So how does it stack up? Well, Elias Diaz as you all know, uh, just put up a very, very nice season. All told, it was a 2.2 baseball reference war campaign with a 96 OPS plus. He hit 246 on base 310, slugged 464. Of course, the big number is the 18 home runs. And of course, as again, all of you know, that was all done starting at the end of May because he had been one of the worst hitters in baseball for the first two months. So the big question really is, who is Elias Diaz really, and what does he have to offer the Rockies? And if you think this is a real adjustment, a real change, a new, new, right, the new, new for Elias Diaz, this is who he is, then that's great news, and you just roll forward with this tandem, uh, and maybe you're looking at replacing Dom Nunez, who we'll get into. But, of course... It's still a relatively small sample size. It was most of a season. It's not a tiny one. But, you know, you, you could still wonder whether or not Diaz could uh, you know, revert back to the norm that he had been, if you think that was his norm, uh, was, was being really bad at the beginning of the season. Or, uh, you know, if you think he's going to split the difference and he's not going to be this guy who puts up another two-war campaign, but maybe he's a one-win catcher. And... You know, then you've got to decide whether or not you're okay with that, or if you think there's a possibility for the Rockies to go out there and get better. I personally think that Diaz represents as good a shot at being a good to great catcher. Again, like we saw, you know, he's basically on a 25 plus home run pace for, you know, those couple of months there. So if you say he might hit you 20 home runs next year, if he's figured out whatever was bothering him at the beginning of the season, which, you know, he did have a better offensive profile even before in Pittsburgh, uh, much better with the contact and all of that. And so at age 30, it'll be, he'll be going into his now age 30 season. Uh, I'm sorry, it'll be his age 31 season. He's 30 right now, but it, it, he'll be going into his age 31 season. It's last year on his contract in 2022. He'll be making 2.4 million which he was far more valuable than that in 21. So you hope that 
he can do that because as a, as a catcher, both behind the dish and at the dish, he really is one of the few guys in baseball right now uh, who finished out the season plus plus. And yes, unless there's a Kansas City Royals fan listening to this right now, uh, there's not too many people out there who are happier with how their catcher produced in 2021, especially down the stretch, obviously. And so, yeah, I, I like rolling with Diaz for sure because uh, as we're about to talk about some of the risks here, you know, that, that's the question. Who who do we think is going to be better than that, if anyone, right? And do we think Diaz can even continue to improve? Because I think there's just as much of a chance. Sure, he could slide back a little bit and be more of a, you know, like I said, a one-win player as opposed to a two-win player next year. And, uh, you know, maybe the bat is a little more consistent, but a little less explosive the way he really did break out for those home runs. But I also think there's as good a chance of all that as that he goes the other way and actually just continues to get even better and tightens things up a little bit and has a full-on career year now that he's got the confidence to know that he can do all of that at the major league level and with the Rockies kind of full support behind him as their starting catcher moving forward. I also love the chemistry he clearly has developed with the pitching staff and and all of that. And so, you know, yeah, Tony Walters had it too. And so there's something that can be replaced there, but not always as easy. It, it's not as easy as going out and finding the guy with the better stats. So I like where Diaz is at. And to that same effect, despite the fact that Dom Nunez did put up a negative 0.5 war campaign, I do think that plenty of opportunity here for him to improve and obviously, you love the power in the bat. Yes, he hit under 200 at 189, but guess what? That's going to be a common theme here in just a minute. Uh, the on-base, you'd like to see get over 300. 293 is rough. When your on-base starts with a 2, that, that's really hard at the major league level, and you want to see him do better than that. All told, the slugging right at 400 or 399, but it's the 10 home runs, right, that really intrigue you. So the Colorado Rockies got 28 home runs, out of the catcher spot this last year. And both guys are very good defensively behind the plate. And I don't think Nunez gets quite as much love from the defensive metrics, but I think the more time he gets, the more reps he gets, and, and the, the more he smooths some of those things out, the better those metrics are going to look for him. He's got all the tools. He's got all the skills. And still at 26 years old, right in the middle of his physical prime, right? And, and get gaining that needed experience. And so... I think that, you know, these are the marks that you're trying to beat here, right? His OPS plus Dom Nunez's was 76 this year. Uh, again, I think there's a solid chance for him to improve on those numbers. But one thing we're going to see here is that what Nunez did as a catcher in these 263 plate appearances is kind of normal for major league catchers these days. Like I said, unless you're the Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals, it's it can be slim pickings out there. So who are the free agents upcoming? Well, there's a one major thing here is that a lot of these guys have club options, and so it's up to their teams whether or not they're going to be coming back. So Buster Posey with the $22 million club option, I could definitely see, despite the fact that he did have a good year and all of that at age you know 35, the Giants not paying him $22 million when he's more of a $10, $11, 12000000 million player at this point. Still a very good player and one that I think on the free agent market would get something like that. 
would or should or could now, would Buster Posey be an upgrade over Elias Diaz? Almost certainly, and, and obviously for their careers, they have been. But will an age 35 Buster Posey be $8 million better than Elias Diaz in 2022? That's the question you've got to ask yourself, and I really don't think so. So even if Buster Posey ends up out there on the market, he'd be the most fun and exciting and interesting player at this position, I think. But you're going, uh, you know, not a necessary risk to take here, uh, though that could be, you know, an answer to your offensive woes. I don't even think Buster Posey is the kind of impact bat anymore. He's a very good bat, but he's not the kind of impact bat that dramatically alters your lineup. And so, you know, I, I love Buster Posey and I'd be very intrigued if they did something like that. But again, is it that, do you have a Buster Posey sized problem at catcher? And would he even really, you know, if he has a down year, then you're right back to, it wouldn't shock me. Let me put it this way. It wouldn't shock me while I would bet on Posey at this moment if Elias Diaz has a better year next year. That's not outside of the realm of possibility by any means. Uh, you've also got Jan Gomes. He's a really interesting player. Uh, he's going to, well, why don't I, well, I already said his name. So I'll say, I, I, I was going to go through everyone that's got club options, but Jan Gomes, who's been uh, with a few different teams, long time with Cleveland, a couple of years with Washington, now with Oakland. Uh, his bat seems to have cooled off as of late. Uh, had, a, again, a 75 OPS plus this last year. Hit 221. Uh, where is it? Hit 221. On base, again, 264. There's that on base of under 300, so worse than Dom Nunez. 366, and he hit five home runs. So... Jan Gomes didn't have as good a season as Dom Nunez did this last year, right? And he, he's got a little bit more. Now, he's great behind the dish. And so, actually, by war, he, he still put up a 2.4 war campaign. And he's had a, you know, all-star appearance. Well, does he? No all-star. Yeah, he has one all-star appearance in his past in 2018. Uh, he's been a really good all-around catcher for a long time. Uh, but again, I, I don't know exactly what the market's going to be. He could end up costing you more money than uh, you want to bank on for a guy who, like I just said, essentially did not have a better offensive season than Dom Nunez. Do you want to bring in a defensive wizard for that price? And again, he's 34 plus years old. If you want to get in on that, I've always liked Jan Gomes and at the right price, okay. But again, I, I don't know that that's the kind of dollar amount you want to spend on this position. Very similar stories here for um, Christian Vasquez and Tucker Barnhart, but I think it's more likely that their club options are picked up by Boston and Cincinnati because they are both on the upward swing as far as their teams are concerned. They feel like they're in the hunt. And $7 million for those players is basically perfect. They're getting paid what they're worth. And so you don't want to create a hole for yourself at catcher by just cutting guys like that loose. I can't imagine they would if... For whatever reason, Cincinnati gets cuts loose on Tucker Barnhart. I could get real interested in that in a hurry. But like I've been saying about all these guys, I don't know that you want to go out and spend a decent chunk of your offseason budget on catcher when Elias Diaz and Dom Nunez getting better may be as likely a scenario as bringing in one of these players to really give you a boost at that position. Martin Maldonado is a guy who I've always really, really liked. But he's not a big hitter. 
He's he's a veteran you would bring in, you know, again, if you're looking for a little bit of improvement over Dom Nunez at that point. And now we're getting to the guys that aren't aren't costing you money, right? They're just guys to look at and bring in and and maybe you you, you like them better than Nunez, but we're talking about a guy who just put up 426 plate appearances, a 58 OPS plus. He hit 172, 272. Uh, he did give you 12 home runs, did Martin Maldonado. But again, this is not offensively an upgrade over Dom Nunez. Uh, and he had a negative war as well. So they're not even loving his defense the way they used to. Could he have a bounce back? He's been a better contact guy at times throughout his career. But, uh, you know, just don't love it. Uh, Mike Zanino, again, I don't think they're going to, there's a, there's a club option there. I think Seattle picks that up. Uh, Steven Vogt is a guy who I used to really like, and he's bounced around these last couple of years. Left-handed bat, again, if you like that platoon, if you're looking to say maybe add a, a more veteran presence with Elias Diaz, but was Steven Vogt better than Dom Nunez at age 36 this past year for Atlanta? Uh, nope. Well, two teams. He played for Arizona and Atlanta. 65 OPS plus. Again, hit under 200 at 195. On base, under 300 at 283. Seven home runs. So three fewer than Dom. And and these guys are all going to cost more because Nunez is still on his rookie contract. These guys are veterans who make more money. So, and, and you just, it's all down the line. Austin Romine's been one of the worst hitters in baseball for quite some time, but he's a very good catcher. He made $2 million this last year for Chicago. Is that someone you want to pay a million dollars to come in and add to your depth and maybe challenge Nunez defensively, but he's not going to challenge him offensively? Um, Jeff Mathis, Alex Avila, Another one who's got basically this exact same slash line. And, and that's what you're what I was just kind of remarking at. And it's really funny to me because what Nunez did, which is hit just under 200, on base just under 300, slug just under 400, that seems to be what's basically available, except Nunez has got them all beat in terms of home runs hit and the fact that he's younger and should still be, you know, improving and growing and learning at this level. And so this was really this last year, his first full season of major league baseball. And he got off to such a good start, had a huge slump in the middle that also coincided with Elias Diaz getting hot. And so we lost all of his playing time and, you know, finished the season off a little bit better, finding that contact more. He's got exit velocity. He's got a lot of great peripherals that you want out of a young player and so, yeah, my my strategy, if I was in the chair, you know, Wilson Ramos, another one. He made a million this last year for Cleveland, had a down year. He had been a really great hitter with Washington, a decent one in New York. Uh, he's at 34 years old now, going to be 35. That's one of those guys where if you could get him on a an interesting deal, I think you've got someone who could pop, uh, right? And I wouldn't be against inviting some of these veterans to camp on veteran deals. If no one else is offering them and you go the CJ Crone route with somebody like Steven Vogt, I guess. But at this point, I'd really roll with what you've got behind the dish. Even the young depth options that the Rockies have. Hey, check it out. Drew Buter is going to be a free agent again, right? So would you go 
with that type of thing? Or just Willie McIver down there in the Arizona Fall League right now doing his thing. He was at the Futures game this year. You know, it's a tall task for rookie catchers oftentimes to be that third man up. And it is tough if, you know, a catcher gets hurt and then all of a sudden that that third guy is is put into a very important role. Anytime you're calling a whole game, you're having a big impact on the game. And it's usually a better bet to have a Ryan Hannigan or a Drew Butera back there. Not because they're going to hit. I know you guys can't stand watching them at the dish, and I get it, and I'm with you there. But again, none of these catchers can hit. Uh, it's, it's very rare to find a catcher you're really excited to see at the plate. What you need is someone that's not going to lose your ball games by uh, not being able to manage the game if he's got to come in and catch for a month because one of your other guys got hurt. So that's why I would still try to find a veteran, Kurt Suzuki. He's 38 years old. Is he retired yet? Is that going to happen? One of these guys, Jose Lovaton. But these are all 35 and up catchers that you shouldn't really be spending much money on. If one of them has a big bounce back season, that'd be fun. But I'm not sure there's much out there, but at least in free agency. Trades are a a different story. If Kansas City starts fielding offers for Salvador Perez, you know I'll get interested in that in a hurry. I love that guy. But other than that, I think your tandem of Diaz and Nunez, very solid. You might not feel great about them. That's why it's good to go over numbers like that and look, okay, where can they get better? Which one of these guys makes them better? Oh, none of these guys makes them better? These guys just make them older. (laughs) That's all the free agents would do. Unless... You want to spend a little extra money on a Buster Posey or a Tucker Barnhart. or And again, that's if those guys become available because that's up to their teams entirely right now. So, yeah, as I said yesterday, I'd be focused in the bullpen. And as I'll talk about coming up soon, I'm, I'm going to put this off for the end of the week because it's where there's most to talk about. So I'll do infielders tomorrow. I'll talk about what's available to the Colorado Rockies there. Uh, though they've got much more depth on the infield than they do really anywhere else. And then we will get into the outfield where it gets super exciting and I get to start dreaming big on guys I'd really like to see play in a Colorado Rockies uniform, whether the team can turn it around or not. Just players I think would excel here and do well and be a lot of fun to watch. And hey, yeah, maybe even be a lot of fun for me to cover and talk to and interview and have on this show and chat with all of you guys. So appreciate you all for hanging out. Uh, thank you so much for being patron Patreons. Nope. The whole thing is called for being patrons. Uh, do remember to go out there and spread the word. I'm going to start doing bobblehead giveaway. So when I get to a hundred patrons on the site, I'm going to do a random number generator. That's going to give me one to a hundred, a number that's going to correspond to one of you patrons. You're going to win the Larry Walker bobblehead. And then I'm going to do that for every 10 patrons I get after that. So when we get to 110, then we do it again. And 110 people are entered to win a bobblehead. And then when we get to 120 patrons, then 120 people are entered to win that bobblehead. And we'll do that every single time until I run out of bobbleheads uh, that I want to give away. And then I might find some other stuff to give away. But uh, so go out there and spread the word. Let people know that we're having a fun time here and that you want multiple chances to win some cool Rockies bobbleheads. But thank you all for listening into this episode. You've been absolutely awesome out there. I've been absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.